0: The U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bunga! Boy, he'll try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd! This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm despotlog.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. Welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. I'm Glenn Davis. Lots to get into tonight on Soccer Matters, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com, 512-CALL-NOW. Well, the upcoming Champions League final will take place in Istanbul, Turkey this weekend between Manchester City and Inter Milan. We'll take a look at some of the history that comes with this uh, european cup final or champions league final we'll look at uh, potential starting lineup some of the facts around this epic final that will come from the olympic stadium in istanbul we'll also dive into city's fa cup win this past weekend over manchester united they seek out the treble some thoughts on austin fc's loss leone winning the concacaf champions league final against lafc plus Sadly, Jose Mourinho again losing his mind after losing to Sevilla on penalty kicks, but let's not let that tarnish what Sevilla has done. Seven Europa League titles for Sevilla. They own it. We stream stream at hornfm.com. You can also get the podcast of this show on Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. In other news and notes before we talk Austin FCs, Latani Ibrahimovic has retired after AC Milan won their final game of the Serie A season. 41 years old, surprise announcement. Even his family didn't know. And he wanted everyone to hear it at the same time, apparently, which that's kind of strange, I would think, if you wouldn't tell your family. Well, doesn't matter. am Zlatan did things his way, and that is why he was a great footballer and also a great entertainer. 93 goals in 163 appearances for Milan, 561 overall for club and country, the all-time leading goal scorer for Sweden. Uh, And we got a taste of Zlatan Ibrahimović when he came to Major League Soccer with the LA Galaxy. The players did a guard of honor as he walked out onto the field uh, at the end of the match, uh, Milan winning their last game of the Serie A season. So RSL has always played Austin FC well at Q2 Stadium. They came away with a 2-1 win this past weekend. They get two goals from Rubio Rabin, by the way, his first two of the year. Austin FC had to chase this game from the 15th minute on, while Julio Cascante scored in stoppage time. So Verde goes now to five wins, seven losses, four draws. Uh, Up and down, inconsistent year, struggle to score goals, a lot of injury challenges, uh, a lot of things that uh, come over the course of a major league soccer season. They're eighth in the West on 19 points. And with a home record, that's really... I believe it's 3-3-3 three, three, and three at home. That's not the home record you want in Major League Soccer. you got to take your points at home. And Austin FC has left uh, a lot of points on the table at home, 12 to be uh, exact. So that old adage of you have to win at home in MLS, it's real. Other teams are walking into Q2 with confidence, and they feel they can win in Austin despite the environment. Health, scoring goals, player performance, trying to match all of this with tactics remains a big challenge for Josh Wolfe. With that said, it's MLS. You're still in a playoff spot at the moment. You got a transfer window coming up. And in this league, you always have time. Uh, because basically, uh, you're always within striking distance of the playoffs. Sebastian Driussi is now coming back. The hope is he could rekindle his form. I would say the team is over-dependent on him. Loan spell in France for Musajite is over, not successful. Can he provide something coming back to MLS and Austin FC, uh, potentially from that striker position? So for those that love data, um, and I always make it a point to remind people that data does not always quantify things, uh, but let's look at the match against RSL where Austin FC 15 shots, 5 on goal, 13 shots inside the box, that's a good number. 63 final third entries. So so the team's able to get into the final third. I don't I don't think that has been a problem and that coincides with the 56% possession they had against Real Salt Lake and then 30 crosses lumped in. Now you'll remember in the post match uh Press conference with Josh Wolf. He 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 did talk about the lack of patience in attack. He did feel that Austin FC was getting delivery in too early when they could have been a little bit more patient and circulated the ball underneath strikers. So, those are a few things to keep in mind uh, that he said that really jumped out to me in the post game press conference. Uh, again, I believe there is an over reliance upon Sebastian Driussi. This has not been a good finishing team all year. Yeah, I know. Oh, we've got seven goals in the last five games. I take that into consideration. You just don't feel it's, it's as dangerous, certainly not living up to last year, which that, that's an extremely high bar to follow. Um, but you have to ask yourself, if you feel that they have created chances and good enough chances that strikers should be finishing, Probably in recent times. But the striker position is one that is a point of contention. Again, seven goals in their last five matches. I'm not convinced. So a good sign was in limited time. Sebastian Driussi had four shots against RSL, got into the box. Um, But again, there's an over-dependence upon him. And you're not getting enough out of Emilio Rigoni. Rigoni had five shots. Still lacks the end product. He was busy. You can cue the discussion about DPs. Certainly attacking DPs have to be your difference makers in this league. I don't think there's any question. He was active. And despite that, being busy, based on the context of your roster, you still have to believe in Emiliano Rigoni. You have to believe him. There's no other choice right now. And then you say, well, who will emerge? Can somebody emerge this year at the right times and score timely goals? Can Diego Fagundes recapture that scintillating form from last year? That's a concern. Owen Wolf will come back and return after under-20 national team duty. The U.S. knocked, knocked out in the quarterfinals 2-0 uh, to Uruguay. So you're real consistent performers for me, and, and I could be off here. Brad Stuver in goal. Danny Pereira, again blossoming. Sometimes has to take on too much, which affects him. John Gallagher, who looked a bit gassed in this last game. And Alex Ring in a differing role. And then you add the energy of now a healthy Julio Cascante. But everyone else is, for me, unless I'm missing somebody, has been Inconsistent. I believe hit or miss. Consistency is such a key to this thing. Saturday, it's not going to be easy. Um, you're going to sport in Kansas City. They're coming off a road draw at Vancouver. They're getting uh, and gaining more confidence through the return. Listen carefully of their two DPS, Alan Polito and Gary Kinda. Um, they're only two points behind Austin FC in the West. So uh, it's not going to be easy at Sporting Kansas City. They'll have a sellout crowd as always. And um, it'll be a challenge on the road uh, for Austin FC. But uh, once again, we'll see if they can turn things around this weekend. All right. Uh, we've got coming up in the next segment, we'll take a look back at the FA Cup, Manchester United win over Manchester City. Um, You know, I'm thinking about Erling Haaland in that game. And I would not say it was his sharpest game. This is a guy that's 21 years of age and just broke the single-season goal-scoring record in the Premier League. But even when he's not on, just the physical presence, the challenge that that physical presence provides uh, is is still something that's disruptive to an opponent. All right, so we'll talk... uh, Manchester City's FA Cup win over uh, Manchester United. By the way, do not think that Noel Gallagher of Oasis is the only big fan of Manchester City. Um, You've got Billy Duffy, the guitar player for the Cult. You also have Elton John, who apparently uh, met the team at the airport. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll do that. Then final segment tonight, we do a deep dive on the Champions League final. That will be in Istanbul, Turkey, between Manchester City and... And Inter Milan. We'll do a little factual history on that. We'll have some fun. We'll take a break. Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, is brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's daspitlaw.com. 512-call-now. 512-call-now. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they will uh, take your case, work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. It's unnerving to get in an accident, car, boat, motorcycle, maritime, maybe a work construction. If you get in an accident, you need the best in representation. The best in Austin is daspitlaw.com. 512-CALL-NOW. Stay with us. More soccer talk here on your soccer station in Austin, The Horn. Austin, Texas, as always, Soccer Matters is presented by Daspit Law, DaspitLaw.com. 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW. You can get the best in personal injury attorneys, Uh, highly suggest them. uh, You get in a car accident, boat, maritime, any of these nervy situations, you need the best in representation. The best is DaspitLaw.com. Give them a call, call 512-CALL-NOW. They are bilingual. It is DaspitLaw.com. All right, this weekend, uh, past Manchester City, well, uh, got the FA Cup win that they need. Now they're positioned to go for the historic treble in Istanbul-Turkey against Inter Milan this coming Saturday. Now, I would just say this before you anoint Manchester City um, the Champions League title before it's played. It's a singular game, and we all know that singular games can be dangerous. In fact, this FA Cup final, as dominant as they were, the margins were very slim at the end of the game, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. One call, one sending off, one decision, all of these things can change the outcome of the roadmap of a game, as as we all know, and you know. I would simply add at this point, only City itself, in my opinion, can lose his title. That said, Simone Inzaghi, the manager of Inter Milan, will devise his tactics to somehow alter what this blue machine is doing. And yes, the inevitability of this, you know, the talk, the conversation, the media, the press, that this is Manchester City's time. Yeah, it's pretty hard to look away from that. I mean, the football that they're playing is is absolutely ridiculous. And here's a couple cases in point. Have you ever seen, now I know everybody's playing out of the back these days. Um, sometimes there's people playing out of the back that probably shouldn't be. But this is the trend in football, building your game out from your goalkeeper, your backs um, and and having a real self-belief in that. Nobody does that. Nobody like Manchester City. There were moments in this game that they were under so much pressure and and are calmly playing it out of the back, Uh, you know, playing back to their goalkeeper, Stefan Ortega who, by the way, took the team, uh, took the goalkeeping position throughout the FA Cup for City, the German. There was a moment where Grealish got closed down by two guys. You know, most teams, ah, we're just going to clear it. We'll knock it up the line. We'll try to maybe get a throw in, drive it off somebody's legs. No, he brings it down. He's still thinking, you know, we value this ball so much, we're build, we're building out of the back. Uh, and And under real duress and he plays it back to ortega ortega calmly on the ball and they and they play their way out of this pressure with you know inside their penalty box in small spaces nobody does this like manchester city it's it's pretty remarkable and as much as this is a drilled team under pep guardiola well it's it's also a team that you have to think just within that Drilled nature and uh, and understanding positionally and interchanging of positions there's all this improvisation there's all this unpredictability based on the quality of the individual player, so pretty crazy now it was a hundred and ninetieth meeting between the two teams, and this this win at wembley um, exciting there was remarkable pomp and circumstance before the game. I think it gets even more overblown because it's a Mancurian Derby in the FA Cup final, truly an exciting day. This one had it all. Uh, there's no question. Stars, celebrities were out. David Beckham was there. Uh, Oasis singer, Noel Gallagher. Uh, I'm sure the cult, uh, if you know, the band, the cult, their guitarist, Billy Duffy. I was, I'm sure it was somewhere in the crowd. You got the DJ boom in it. You got the pyrotechnics, um, you know, And I think all of us at times during the year in in such a crowded football schedule, one might not be bothered by watching the FA Cup with the volume of games and fixtures um, because it's just so crowded. I mean, you you just don't have time to watch every game, unless obviously you're uh, a huge supporter or fan of, of one of these clubs. The fact is two Manchester clubs added to the Allure at Wembley. Add to that the fact that, City needed this to set up winning the treble this coming Saturday in Istanbul against Inter Milan. So that brings a number of really good sidelines. City lined up in a 3-2-4-1 starting point, I suppose. Stefan Ortega in goal, Akanji, Diaz, and Walker, the three at the back in front of them, Rodri and Stones. It's so interesting to see how Guardiola uses John Stones now, who's essentially, to me, a center back. This guy's playing in midfield in a variety of different ways by Guardiola, depending on the game. Then you got Grealish, again, another guy. I didn't know if he was really a Pep Guardiola guy, but he certainly is. I didn't know if his spirit was going to be something that would fit. It totally fits. Um, In fact, it's enhanced things. Gundawan, De Bruyne, and Silva, and then Erling Holland in the nine. He didn't have the best of games. Um, And then their subs were Nathan Ake, who would come on as a defensive move for Grealish. Phil Foden, how about that? Phil Foden off the bench for De Bruyne. And Amaric Laporte for Kyle Walker. Um, so all of this, uh, probably not only an, an, an eye on resting people for the Champions League final, but to see this game out. United, De Gea, uh, kind of a tough day. He's getting blamed for the second second goal from Gundogan. Shaw Lindelof around Wan-Bissaka. Fred and Casemiro. Casemiro was absolutely gassed at the end of this game. Sancho, Erickson, Bruno uh, with Rashford up front in a 4-2-3-1. That was their starting point. McTominay came on for Lindelof. You know, they were hoping for something from him in attack. Alejandro Garnacho, some some good moments of confidence off the bench. He is so fun to watch. A little more on him in a minute. And then uh, Buttweghorst for for Sancho. He's probably not going to be there next year for United. 60% of the possession goes to City, 11 shots to 13 for United. This is why data doesn't quantify things because we know how dominant City was in this game. Five shots on goal for City, three for United. Each team had three corners, 21 overall fouls. All right. So Ilke Gundawan, the star of the game, the captain, very humble, goes about his business, starts the scoring. Uh, He gets both the goals for City. Goes into the record books by scoring the fastest goal in FA Cup history. I think it was, I can't remember, was it 13 seconds in? The quality I love about this guy is that he seems to always step up in the biggest games. Even when you know people constantly, the media and the press, the first thing they go to is Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne and it's at City or Pep Guardiola. You can bet your bottom dollar that Pep Guardiola does not want Ilke Gundawan, the German to leave. He wore the captain's armband, lifted the trophy. Truly is a focal point of City. And he's again going to be a focal point against Inter Milan on Saturday. 12 seconds in. That's what it was. Long ball from Ortega to Holland. The next thing you know, uh, Gundawan is lashing in a volley of perfection. I mean, the sweetest of volleys. It froze the hair. I mean, I... I There's nothing better than a good volley. So for the moment, he becomes the volley king uh, in this game. Spectacular goal. Stunning way to start the game. Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind was ready for this. And what a volley it was. So City then gets some really good chances with Rodri and Grealish to score again early before. Then all of a sudden, Grealish goes up in the air. His arms up. I don't know where they want him to put it. He gets called for a handball. So this is the entree back into the game for Manchester United. And this is what I'm talking about. The the these types of moments in a singular one-off game of finality can change things dramatically. It it did change things, and United got a little bit more comfortable after this when Bruno would convert to make it one-to-one. So Gunda won. Uh then gets a second. It's it's a tamely hit volley. It goes through a maze of bodies. It was not hit well. It looked as though, and De is getting a lot of stick for this, looked like David De Gea was not set to react, could not push off powerfully and go to his right to make the save. I think he did, he did get a hand on it um, moving to uh, his right. But City never got a third, and, and this would have been a lot more comfortable if they had gotten a third. They didn't. They didn't put the game away. And United did get more pressure in their box, obviously in the latter stages of the game. They were throwing people forward as best they could. They made some changes, like I said, with with uh, McTominay coming on and Alejandro Garnacho. And by the way, how fun is he to watch, Alejandro Garnacho? He brought just uh, some real possibility that did not exist. Um, I don't know if it's youthful confidence. I don't know if it's nativity or it's just, this is one heck of a young soccer player who's not afraid of anything, but he takes people on curled one that just went wide. I think, I think city was a little bit rattled with, with his uh, uh, entree into the game. And then don't forget that bizarre scramble in front of city's goal in stoppage time. It's pinballing around. Looks like it may go in, It goes off the crossbar. John Stones goes up to the crossbar and leaps to prevent it. And and I believe his head hit the crossbar. This was a wild moment here. I don't think any question. But, uh, man, what a crazy way uh, in stoppage time there for that game to almost be tied. So, again, as dominant as City was, this thing was almost tied up in stoppage time. I think we have to all take this into consideration ahead of the Inter Milan match. Uh, And we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, There were, as in most matches, controversial refereeing moments. Again, so we go back to City being frustrated. They got crazy when the Grealish uh, penalty was called. We've seen that called either way. They also lost their minds uh, when Casemiro, and there was a great video of this. Casemiro did this on purpose. He went over the top in a tackle on Manuela Kanji. Definitely over the top. And he was lucky not to get sent off and change that game. There were more complaints when Fred seemed to have fouled De Bruyne in the penalty area. That, to me, was never a penalty. Sorry. Uh, there was some interesting exchange. There was one little brief exchange between Eric Ten Hag, uh, the Manchester United manager, and Guardiola, the city manager, that added to the kind of competitive spirit of the day. Uh, but man, the, the competition, this is what we love. All the other stuff, it's great. But when you see players competing like this and that fire and then the backdrop of the fans, this is what turns us on about the game of soccer. It's not all the other extraneous stuff. You know, you you got spectators and you got fans. Spectators are going to watch a little highlight and then they're going to be experts on everything. Fans are going to dig deep into this game. They're going to watch it. They're going to look for little subtle intricacies and and things of real interest. Um, Interesting moment at the end of the game, Erling Holland got the ball, right? He could go to goal, decides to veer off to his left, go to the corner flag. He's being pursued by United defenders who desperately need the ball back, right? Um, So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to take it to the corner flag. He's going to stand on it, either earn a throw in like that or shield it, uh, maybe get a foul or maybe get dispossessed. So as he gets to the corner flag, he turns and he drives it, just turns. And instead of standing on it at the corner flag, he turns and, and he drives it off the legs of, of a United players. And the City fans go wild. It was really, really interesting. The red and the blue fill in the stadium. Absolutely gorgeous. A lot of cameos during the game of Noel Gallagher, of you know, the big City fan from Oasis. Beckham with his son I think his son's name is Romeo now I gotta tell you if my dad made me, named me name me Romeo imagine that uh, man that's kind of setting the bar high right when it comes to romance you name your kid Romeo um, sometimes it's kind of cruel what, what celebrities do with these names uh, but uh, anyway seems like a nice young man alright a uh, couple of things here uh lamontbrands.com that's where you get the soccer matters t-shirts that's where you get the trucker hats we do have two shades of green over there for austin fc fans i would severely uh, not severely i would really really love it if you uh, were to purchase some of these uh, the proceeds go to the 501 c charity called the snowdrop foundation uh, and it's for pediatric cancer awareness fundraising and scholarships. They give scholarships to pediatric cancer patients. That's kind of been my thing. I I, I caught up with a patient that I met and have maintained a relationship with their family, George Marine. They were from Egypt. Uh, Incredible story. Uh, Mother came with a backpack to Houston to uh, Texas Children's Hospital because he was diagnosed with cancer. Father remained in Egypt. The family then came over because of the long-term treatment that was going to be uh, made for George. Uh, And so I met him as a 15-year-old. And this past weekend, as a 25-year-old, I I was at his birthday party. And it's amazing. Um, Their father eventually, Mr. Marin, uh, eventually got over here full-time. He was shuttling back and forth. Um, Just a story of perseverance, a story of gratitude. Uh, Amazing people. And I mean, they've made me a part of their life. It it, it really is kind of overwhelming. Um, But George and I have maintained a great relationship, and it's his birthday, and he's 25 now. He graduated from Texas A&M, cancer-free, engineer. Uh, Amazing story. These are the things that just just make you blossom um, to see these wonderful things that can occur in life. So you do want uh, some of the T-shirts for pediatric cancer. To benefit the Snowdrop Foundation, again, it's Lamontbrands.com. And, and that's a great company, too, by the way. If you if you're looking for really good pricing, quality work, I mean, they got a massive place for t-shirts or printing, any type of printing you want. Um, it's Lamontbrands.com. All right, we're gonna take a break here. Soccer Matters ESPN. Uh no, 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 no. Soccer matters, yes, it's ESPN radio, but it is the Horn in Austin, Texas. You can get the podcast of this show at hornfm.com. Or you can go to Spotify, Apple, and Google and subscribe. Hope you do that. Um, Show is always brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. 512 call now. They'll handle your case, work for you 24-7 nights and weekends, fight for your right for compensation. 512 call now. It's John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Got married this past weekend, John. And uh, also remind you, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, all these little likes and things. Uh, help uh, keep soccer on the radio, Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Sock, or at soccer matters GD. All right. We're going to take a break. More to come here on the horn in Austin, Texas. It's soccer matters presented by John Daspit and the Daspit law firm. The Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com, 512 call now, 512 call now, Um, podcast of this show, you can always get it at Spotify, Apple, Google, it is Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, you need the Daspit Law Firm, you need the best, they will work for you 24-7 nights and weekends, and get the fight for your right for compensation. Car, boat, motorcycle, maritime, drive an 18 wheeler, you get in an accident, you need the best in personal injury attorney. It's Daspitlaw.com. Okay, as promised, let's get into some uh, kind of preview talk. Now, look, uh, there's a number of days before this final as we air this show. And of course, things can happen injury wise and that. But there's no doubt, nobody's saying anything that we don't know here when you say that Manchester City is the heavy favorite, the better team on paper. And that's not being disrespectful to Inter Milan because Inter Milan's got some excellent footballers. City had to knock off a number of giants uh, to get here. Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Inters bracket, a lot of people saying, you know, weaker in terms of quality of opponents. And look, uh, if you got Bayern Munich and Real Madrid on your side of the bracket, yeah, you're automatically going to have to go through uh, the best of the best in two opposing leagues, that being the Bundesliga and Serie A. Um, quality of opponent is important, but to the survivor, um, it's a huge challenge to get through no matter what. And it doesn't matter if you're on the side of the bracket that is Inter Milan or Manchester City, you've gotten to the final. Um all right, so Inter Milan knocked off two of the bigger Portuguese clubs in Benfica and Porto, and then they knocked off AC Milan in the Milan Derby Champions League semifinal, which was pretty amazing that those two got drawn. And that's a tricky match in itself, highly emotional. Inter Milan, by the way, just to give you a little context here on the season Napoli had, they ended 20 points behind Napoli. Uh, again, which reminds us of what Napoli did. Napoli's not in the Champions League final, though. Um, So, a couple of things we talk about here. Uh, First of all, let's talk a little bit about Simone Inzaghi, the manager of Inter Milan. He's the brother of Pipo. Now, you remember these two brothers were forwards at laid along the last line of defense. They'd get caught offside about a million and one times. Um, Pipo is probably the more noted Brother, when it came to playing, Simone obviously the manager with Inter Milan, and he likes to play with wing backs that get forward. And you know, you'll you'll see Demarco and Dumfries. Demarco uh, is a really interesting player. Now, my question is how much they can get into the attack, but he plays uh, with those kind of wing backs. Those two guys can slot in and play with a back five. And I believe, you know, there's going to be a lot of the game where they're going to be in a back five for large portions. Now they're going to hope they can selectively press in different areas of the field and hope for a timely moment where the team shape of Manchester city is slightly off, but they have to counter some of the pressure at times with a little bit of their own and a little bit of possession. And Zaghi is coached also at Lazio, by the way, and noted for being, and you can see this through the the commitment from Inter Milan, but he's noted for being a guy that gets a lot out of players. And this would undoubtedly be the biggest footballing accomplishment for him as a manager. Bernzagi, yeah, he's won Coppa Italia, he's won Italian super cups with both Lazio and Inter Milan, but these will pale in comparison. Inter Milan, by the way, has won the Champions League three times, the latest in two thousand and ten under Jose Mourinho. More on him in a little bit. They also won it in uh, back-to-back time periods under the Argentine manager, Elenio Herrera, which this was. Uh, Really interesting tactical stuff under him. This was all the way back in 1964 and 65. So, um, you know, this is kind of where we go with Interland. Now, they'll – more facts on this game. Holland is the leading scorer in the Champions League with 12 goals out of 31 for City. De Bruyne has seven assists. They're going up against a strong defending team. So if we look at Inter Milan, their goalkeeper is a Cameroonian, Andre Onana. Uh, eight clean sheets in the Champions League. He's also made the most saves. So that means they have been breached. He's made 45 saves. But goalkeeping, we know, can always be the difference in a final. Um, and City counter with with uh, Ederson. But let me get back to Inter Milan. So they'll play with three center backs, Bastoni, Serbi, and uh, Darmian good players. Those are the three center backs out wide that can slot in as, you know, four and five defenders at the back Demarco and Dumfries. These guys, they want them to get forward how much they can, uh, how much they'll get pushed back by the wide game of, of Grealish and Bernardo Silva and others joining in, in wide areas. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out. That's going to be one thing to keep an eye on here. Uh, then you go to three central midfielders. Enric Mkhitaryan, now he's questionable. We'll see what uh, happens with him during the week to the run-up of this game. Akan Kalanoglu, the, the Turk, excellent player. And Nicolo Barella, another very strong player. And then the two strikers and Eden Dzeko and Lautaro Martinez. Now, these two strikers are guys that are going to have to do more than, you know, just be presented with the ball. There's going to have to be some work out of these players. Uh, I don't think there's any question. Uh, Marcelo Brozovic, Romelu Lukaku, who many of you know, a battery ram, has come off the bench. He could be a dangerous guy with all his power against potentially fatiguing defenders and bring a little bit of an element of surprise. German, Robin Goossens, and uh, Agliandini are are others. Uh, But that's likely their starting lineup. outside of Mkhitaryan and can they get the timely moments of possession, timely moments of a pressing game in a certain area of the field that could be fruitful and lead to something. Can they be precise in transition? It's all interesting to contemplate against this passing and moving machine called Manchester city. And, uh, you know, I, Roma's got to play a perfect game almost. Um, Roma's got to play a perfect game. All right. So city, no doubt, will likely use the same lineup as they used in the FA Cup final. I I would assume outside of anybody potentially being injured or something happening with uh, somebody during training during the week. Um, Apparently, they took two days off, including this day, uh, to celebrate. Uh, And they're going to use that same lineup they used that defeated Real Madrid 4-0. Uh, behind the two goals from Bernardo Silva. That was in the second leg of their semifinals. Now, that same lineup, again, started the FA Cup final, but the only difference will be Ederson will be back in goal. And then it's the three center backs again, Akanji, what a year for him, Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker. Uh, Some of those guys will join in in really interesting times during the game. In front of them, the shield of Rodri and John Stones. And those guys allow others to attack. Then you've got Jack Relish. Gundawan, the star of the FA Cup final with the two goals. The captain, Unsung, wouldn't be surprised that he has another great game. And then Kevin De Bruyne, who will pull out into wide areas. And again, that affects uh, some of the things that DeMarco and Dumfries uh, will do, and, and mostly DeMarco uh, out wide for Inter Milan. Uh, and then, obviously, it's it's Erling Holland uh, in attack. Uh, and we forgot to mention Bernardo Silva as well in midfield. So Holland will be up front. I don't think he had a very good FA Cup final. I mean, he was okay. Um, The guy that's forgotten at Manchester City is Julian Alvarez. He's a World Cup winner. Remember, he had four goals in the World Cup for Argentina. The irony here is that Julian Alvarez, who had those four goals in the World Cup, it's a wonder if he even is going to get on the field. Uh, didn't play in the FA Cup final. Uh, the guy he outplayed to win the starting job for Argentina at the World Cup is starting for Inter Milan. That's Lotaro Martinez. It's amazing, you know, some of these stories in football, how things work. You know, here's a four-goal score for the team that won the World Cup. And he's likely, there's a large Large uh, chance that he doesn't even get on the field. Uh, so there you go. Now, Pep Guardiola has been very vocal about a lot of things. You saw him in the locker room after the game. He was in his skivvy sliding along the ground and celebrating with the players. Um, but he has made it really, really clear. And he's put the pressure on his players. He said, look, the city organization both need and demand to win the trophy and complete this decade-long project. Uh, And look, they have been ruthless, there's no doubt. Multiple Premier League titles, Carabao Cups, all these things. This is the big prize. This is the one that is missing. This has to happen for them. Uh, And he went on to say that, quote, more than the fact for the treble is the fact to win the Champions League. He's kind of dismissing the treble thing. It's winning the Champions League. And he said, we have to win the Champions League. This is Pep Guardiola. We have to win the Champions League to be recognized like the team deserves to be recognized. We have to admit it. Without the Champions League, it has been an amazing and fun year. But we are missing something. We have to do it. So this is not a coach, you know, trying to soften things up. He is actually driving the pressure on his players right now, which is which is what he does. Um, and I think that's why sometimes you see players leave City Because it is a ruthless driving of a manager. It's insatiable. And that's some of the lore we hear about Pep Guardiola. He says, we give more and more credit for what we have done these years. We have done many things. But I said to the players, you have to put pressure on yourself. To be recognized as something good, you have to win Europe. That is, a.k.a. the Champions League European Cup. Um, and again, this was a man that was in tears when the FA Cup was lifted by Ilkay Gundawan at Wembley. Um, I don't know if he caught that, but he was in tears. Um, this is a guy also that has changed and transformed his tactics numerous times, even simply redefined the roles of individuals. Like, there were some games John Stones was popping up as kind of like a playmaker outside an opposing team's 18-yard box. And I'm scratching my head because I had just seen him seconds earlier, you know, defending across, slotting in as an additional center back. Um, there's some remarkable things that goes, goes on uh, when he's uh, with this team. So it's a great final. Uh, there's going to be some great matchups. I do want to see what uh, Barella, Alan Oglu, and Mikatarian if he plays, can do against... The likes of Gundawan and De Bruyne and Rodri and Midfield and Stones. Uh, there's just all kinds of great battles that will occur. And by the way, uh, tune in Thursday because the Houston edition of this show will will have more updates about uh, the European Cup final, a.k.a. the Champions League final uh, with our show on Thursday in Houston. That's on ESPN 97. 0.5. So if you want to join us over there, do that. Uh, one last thing that was a little disturbing. Europa League final. Sevilla, by the way. Let's not take anything away from Sevilla. Um, Sevilla dominates and owns the Europa League. Okay, they beat Roma on penalty kicks. Um, kind of an ill-willed match. Tons of yellow cards. The referee's name was Anthony Taylor. Now, I don't know what you think of this, but Mourinho, and this is a little bit off topic right now, his behavior and criticism of this referee in the Europa League finals is pathetic. Uh, the nastiness and the level he took it to. I mean, the expl- expl- expletives underneath the stadium in the car park after the game, uh, disgraceful and pathetic. I mean, this is not leadership. And by the way, he put this referee in kind of real duress at the airport with his family because these videos get out in the New York Minute. And this referee is trying to move his family through an airport. And is it's scary because you know how brave people get in large groups, right? Many of them are absolute wimps, but in large groups, everybody gets really brave. Uh, and... I would just say, first off, Roma was lucky to be in the final, by the way. Bayer Leverkusen totally outplayed him. I don't even think they had a shot on goal against Leverkusen. So what right do you have to be at the final? I mean, come on. They were totally outplayed. He tossed the second place medal into the crowd. This is classless. Puts this referee under duress with his family. It felt very bad for them. The English Referees Association came out and defended Taylor. Um, But this referee abuse... And sometimes ignited by coaches, it's got to stop. You got to stop blaming everything on a referee. There's things you as a team and a club can do. Uh, it's not necessarily always the referee. And I do get it. There are referees that have bad games. And if there's 14 yellow cards, it may not have been his best night. But uh, Mourinho's old hat, man. I mean, it's just it's too it's too bad. He changed. He was a great manager when Inter Milan um, won the Champions League. But uh, changed a lot. Kind of a shame. Sad to see a referee and a family go through that kind of treatment. Somebody threw a chair as well. They had to hustle him into a side door uh, at the airport. Uh, It was kind of chaos. So, all right. So, big ups to Sevilla. It's the seventh Europa League title for them. Let's not take anything away from what they have done. All right, that's going to wrap it up tonight here for Soccer Matters on ESPN uh, in Austin. It is uh, daspitlaw.com Our presenting sponsors here on The Horn. We thank The Horn. By the way, podcast of this show at hornfm.com, Spotify, Apple, Google, go there, subscribe. It really, really helps the show. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at glendavisssoc at Soccer Matters GD. Uh, would love for you to follow me. And by the way, I remind you again, lamontbrands.com your austin fc green soccer matters t-shirts which means a lot uh, because the proceeds go to the 501c charity the snowdrop foundation for pediatric cancer scholarships awareness and fundraising so for those of you who have bought the t-shirts thank you very very much and if you haven't we would love it if you did they're really light cotton um so they're real quality uh, really really comfortable to wear and you know we'd love to see a few of those on game day at the Beautiful Q2 Stadium when people go out to see Austin FC. All right, that'll do it. Again, I remind you, Houston version of this show, Thursday night, ESPN975.com. In the future, be ready. I'm going to give out some Real Madrid, Manchester United tickets on this show. So in the future, be ready. And also check out my social media because we will be giving some away there as well. And Gold Cup tickets, by the way. All right, that does it tonight. I'm Glenn Davis. Until next week, remember, soccer matters.